Welcome you all to today's case discussion and learning of parasites. Let us learn it with a case. A 48-year-old man being treated for colon cancer with an aggressive 6-month 3-drug combination chemotherapy regime begins to experience fever, headache, confusion and seizures. He has had several indoor cats as pets for last 20 years. A diagnosis is made based on characteristic clinical and radiographic findings. The patient is treated with a combination of pyrimethamine and sulfadiazine. Now, this is a case for Toxoplasma condi. Now, before we move ahead in the session, uh, I would just like to uh, give you a good news or share you a good news about uh, this parasitology simplified ebook which was there now it is available uh, on various platforms like a qworld.co.in website it is also available on all the amazon uh, websites and it is also available in google playbooks the book is also available in paperback uh, hard copy formats on amazon.com so this uh, video series that i'm doing is a part of uh, supplementary tutorials to this book so all the diagrams and tables and charts that you see in the presentation will be there in the book so let us uh, start today's uh, case that is toxoplasma gondii now toxon means arc and this name has been come from the curved shape of this trophozoid as it has been shown uh, here and gondii was the north american rodent which uh, in which this parasite was first described geographical distribution most common protozoa worldwide and it has widest host range morphology it has three morphological forms and interestingly all the three forms are infectious to human beings we have discussed in earlier parasites where only one form was infectious but here all the three morphological forms are infectious to human being now it shows uh, asexual morphological forms and sexual morphological forms so asexual reproduction it is usually seen in intermediate host but it is also seen in definitive host definitive host for this parasite is cat and intermediate host is usually uh, humans or rat and sexual reproduction which only happens in definitive host uh, which is also known as sporogony or gametogony and it is only seen in definitive host so what are the asexual reproduction forms they are trophozoite and bradyzoite now trophozoite they are rapidly multiplying forms bradyzoites they are slowly multiplying forms so sometimes within infected cells when trophozoites are growing they give you a cyst like appearance but it is a false uh, cyst that's why we say that trophozoite they usually form the pseudocyst and bradyzoites uh, they actually uh, form the true cyst so within the uh, tissues they form a collection of bradyzoites and around which there is a cystic layer is there so bradyzoite form the true tissue cyst and the sexual form is oocyst as you can see here trophozoite are also known as tachyzoite tachy means fast because they can uh, multiply fast they can uh, replicate fast it is a crescent shape uh, parasite 
and it is usually seen in acute infection. It has an apical complex, as you can see at the pointed end. Uh, it has an ovoid nucleus uh, on the blunt end side. And when you stain it with Jimsa stain, you can see the nucleus which is seen in red color and the cytoplasm will appear blue in color. The this form is very delicate. It is susceptible to drying, freezing, thawing as well as gastric digestion. So this extracellular trophozoid, they invade any nucleated cell or host cell and then they replicate within cytoplasmic vacuole by endogony or also known as internal budding and two daughter trophozoid each surrounded by a membrane within a parent cell and such rapidly proliferating trophozoids or tachyzoids which are enclosed by host cell membrane it gives a false appearance of cyst and that's why we call it as a pseudocyst and when the host cell is distended enough it will disintegrate and release all the trophozoid again into the external environment the second morphological form is bradyzoid, which usually form the tissue cyst. Uh, actually, the bradyzoids they are usually oval in shape. Uh, they are slightly uh, larger, 10 to 12 and t micrometer, and they are resting form, uh, and they are usually seen in chronic infection. So, acute infection, trophozoid, chronic infection, bradyzoid, and they are usually found in brain, skeletal muscles, and other internal organs. So what we have learned so far that there are two types of cysts, tissue cyst and pseudocyst. Tissue cyst, they are made up of slowly multiplying trophozoid form, which are also known as bradyzoids. And pseudocyst, they are made up of rapidly multiplying trophozoid, which are known as tachyzoid within a host cell. The cyst wall, however, is eosinophilic in case of tissue cyst, while it is not eosinophilic in case of pseudocyst. You can stain the tissue cyst, uh, cyst wall with help of silver stain, while pseudocyst will not be take, uh, would not take any kind of silver stain. So this is how actually in vitro you can also identify whether it is a tissue cyst or a pseudocyst. The third or the sec last or the sexual uh, morphological form, which is known as oocyst, it is oval in shape as you can see here. 10 to 12 micrometer in size it has a very thick resistant wall and it is formed by sexual reproduction and as you know that sexual reproduction can only happen in the definitive host and that is the cat so it develops in the intestine of definitive host but the freshly passed oocysts they are not infective they undergo development or sporulation in soil and uh, they develop two sporocytes cyst and in each of this cyst there are four sporozoids so total one oocyst will contain eight sporozoid and this is the main infective form although all three uh, can be uh, infective forms now come to the heart of the parasite that is the life cycle and we know that to understand the life cycle first we have to go through the host so definitive host is the cat in which both sexual as well as asexual cycles will happen and it is usually seen in intestine while an intermediate host which is usually rat or birds but accidentally human also in which only asexual cycle is seen and it usually happens outside the intestine so let us see what happens in definitive host or cat in their intestine so usually the cat get infected when it uh, eats the rat or birds and in rat and bird 
tissues there are tissue cysts with uh, bradyzoid or sometimes cat may eat its own feces uh, i know it's disgusting but uh, it sometimes it does so and in that case oocyst in cat's feces may be the infective form for the cat itself so in either case uh, the bradyzoids uh, are released in small intestine of uh, the cat we are considering the first scenario to be more common they undergo a sexual multiplication and form the merozoid and this merozoid they enters into the extra intestinal tissue and they form tissue cyst uh, in the cat but some may transform into the gametocyte micro as well as macro gametocyte the macrogamete is fertilized by microgamete and it form a oocyst and we know that freshly passed oocysts are not infective it will be released into feces and it undergoes sporulation in soil and it develops two sporocyst this is a sporocyst in which there are one two three and four sporozoids are there and each oocyst has two such sporocyst so one oocyst will have eight sporozoids now what happens in intermediate host exoenteric cycle in intermediate host the mode of infection to human can be from uh, two modes either we get infection from animals or we can in fact get infection from other human beings so let us see first scenario animal to humans that means if we eat uncooked or undercooked meat containing the tissue cyst usually the bird meats right and ingestion of food or water contaminated with oocyst in cat's feces if your food and water is contaminated with cat's feces which contains this oocyst then also you can get this infection human to human uh, the most common mode is congenital toxoplasmosis that is intrauterine transfer from mother to fetus blood transfusion or transplantation of organs which are already infected that can also be the other way human infection is a dead end for parasite full natural cycle is maintained between cat and mice so we are actually the accidental host but uh, sporozoids from oocyst and bradyzoids from tissue cyst enter into the intestinal mucosa they multiply asexually tachyzoids are formed tachyzoids multiply they spread by lymphatics and blood and go to the extra intestinal organs the common organs are brain eye liver spleen lung muscles and here they form the tissue cyst and this tissue cyst consists of slowly multiplying trophozoites which are known as bradyzoids and they remain viable for years and whenever you get uh, immunocompromised or whenever under any condition your immunity goes down these bradyzoids get reactivated and uh, they form trophozoites and then the renewal renewal of infection will happen so this is a cdc diagram which you will also find in the book uh, it is a just simplified everything the definitive host is cat which uh, releases the oocyst in feces this oocyst mature in soil and this feces uh, con containing oocyst while grazing in the field it will be eaten up by rat and birds and they develop tissue cyst which will be eaten up by cat so this is the normal cycle but somehow when we starts to eat the animal meat we also eat this tissue cyst and get infected and from human to human it gets either from mother to fetus or via blood transfusion or sometimes there is uh, uh, some people who have cat as pets as in our case uh, 
their food or water may get contaminated with cat feces knowingly or unknowingly and uh, they will develop uh, this disease so what could be the pathogenicity pathogenicity is known as toxoplasmosis and most common presentation is asymptomatic presentation or asymptomatic toxoplasmosis that means patient does not know uh, and it does not have he or she does not have any kind of symptoms but other modes are congenital acquired ocular and immunosuppressed toxoplasmosis so let us see them one by one so congenital toxoplasmosis is res results when toxoplasma gondii is transmitted transplacentally from mother to fetus and this occurs when mother gets primary toxoplasma infection whether clinical or asymptomatic during the pregnancy and pregnant mothers uh, which have this toxoplasma infection and because pregnancy is a immunosuppressive state and this tissue cyst may sometimes get reactivated if mother has a latent infection the risk of fetal infection it rises with the progression of gestation uh, for example in early pregnancy the risk is 25% in first trimester but it goes up to 65% in third trimester third trimester but uh, interestingly the severity of fetal damage is maximum in early pregnancy uh, while it is very less uh, in late pregnancy and most infected newborn they are asymptomatic at birth and they show clinical manifestation weeks to years after the birth so what are these manifestation so i have divided them into uh, four different categories one which involves brain eye reticular endothelial system heart and other manifestations so in brain it causes cerebral calcification convulsions mental retardation deafness microcephaly hydrocephalus in eye it causes chorioretinitis squint blindness microphthalmia cataract glaucoma lymphadenopathy hepatomegaly jaundice it can also be seen and myocarditis fever petechi these are the various manifestations of congenital toxoplasmosis so here uh, i have shown you the ventriculograph of uh, skull and as you can see there are calcification in ventricles so cerebral calcification you can see a child with hydrocephalus so these are all manifestation of congenital toxoplasmosis sometimes it only involves uh, eye and then we call it as ocular toxoplasmosis it could be seen in children it could be in adult and usually it is uveitis choroiditis or chorioretinitis as you can see here and sometimes it may be so severe that it require removal of entire eyeball that is known as annucleation acquired toxoplasmosis that is after birth uh, it is acquired postnatally the most common manifestation is lymphadenopathy and most common lymph node which are involved are cervical lymph nodes as shown in the picture fever headache myalgia splenomegaly and self limited my flu like illness can also be there and some people may also show typhus like uh, exanthema like uh, with which may complicate in pneumonitis myocarditis sometimes meningoencephalitis which can be fatal also if person is immunosuppressed then for example aids 
then most serious and most fatal illness can be seen and the most common organ involved is brain in which you will see encephalitis, altered mental status, seizures, cerebellar signs, meningismus, neuropsychiatric manifestations. But it is not that only brain is involved, other organs can also be involved like lung, pancreas, gastrointestinal tract, eyes, heart, liver and sometimes toxoplasma pneumonia and why I'm saying that because in AIDS when we say pneumonia the organism that comes to our mind is pneumocystis candy pneumonia but this could also be one of the cause uh, if you see the CT scan uh, then you will see ring shape enhancing lesion uh, on the contrast CT scan in case of cerebral toxoplasmosis immune response the humoral uh, immune response in form of IgG it will act only on extracellular trophozoite it cannot kill the trophozoites which are within a cell cell mediated immunity is very important to kill the intracellular morphological forms and in which T cells and natural killer cells play a major role how to diagnose uh, in lab a case of toxoplasma gondii so there are uh, I have divided them into three portions microscopy serology which is the mainstay of the method and other microscopically you take the sample usually it is in blood so you can take blood sputum bone marrow aspirates and with help of gymsa or pass or gms or that is gomri methamine silver you can stain uh, those films and show them either bradyzoids or tachyzoids it is as simple as that but uh, the mainstay of diagnosis is serology now here we can detect uh, either antibodies or antigen antigen detection is usually with help of ELISA IgG, IgM and IgA can be detected with ELISA or other methods IgG detection it is uh, useful after 2 to 3 weeks of infection but it reaches peak level at 4 to 8 week of infection and the titer which is uh, significant is more than 1 to 10 and IgM detection it is mainly for acute uh, infection while IgA detection is very useful in case of congenital toxoplasmosis other infections uh, uh, detection methods are PCR B1 gene detection in amniotic fluid can be very useful MRE or CT scan to locate the lesion uh, ultrasonography to detect anomalies uh, in case of congenital toxoplasmosis animal inoculation skin taste these are obsolete taste uh, skin taste of Frankel was used uh, in earlier days to detect delayed hypersensitivity uh, after 48 hours of injecting the toxoplasma antigen into the forearm so these are the microscopic pictures this one is stained with gymsa as you can see this one is again with hematoxaline and eosine and it shows the cyst and this is a new method that is immunofluorescence uh, which is showing the tachyzoids seven feldman dye taste uh, this taste is obsolete now but again uh, to complete the laboratory diagnosis uh, what is the principle of this taste that if patient has antibodies it will inhibit the staining of trophozoite by the dye so what we do we take patient serum we add to it the trophozoites and then we add normal human serum incubated for one hour then we add drop of dye and then we examine under microscope if patient serum has antibodies then what will happen that it will not allow the trophozoite 
to get stained so if you see less than 50% of uh, tachyzoids or trophozoids are stained that means the result is positive but you see that most of them 90 to 100 percent of them are stained that means patient does not have any toxoplasma antibody what could be the treatment for toxoplasmosis treatment for toxoplasmosis in case of congenital toxoplasmosis you can give pyrimethamine and sulfadiazine and both this drug uh, will decrease the folic acid level so we will also give a supplement of folinic acid for one year in case of immunocompetent patient who has only lymphadenopathy, nothing is required as such unless very severe symptoms are there. Otherwise, uh, in case of ocular toxoplasmosis, pyrimethamine and sulfadiazine uh, or clindamycin for one month can be given. Profile access. It starts with cat feces, so avoid contact with fat, a cat. <laughs> Proper cooking of meal hand washing screening of blood and blood products there is no vaccine which has been developed yet difficult to control uh, due to wide range of reservoirs any animal or bird could have it uh, but specific profile access for example in case of immunosuppressed patient who has cd4 count less than 100 as in case of hiv you can give prophylactically cotramoxazole or dapson pyrimethamine uh, and you can discontinue this profile access when cd4 count boosts up to 200 or more for three months so in next session we will do acid fast protozoa that is cyclospora cryptospora isospora and microspora till then uh, goodbye